welcome to our podcast, Impact South Bend. If you're joining us, that is fantastic. Um, I am here with my co-host and my lovely wife, Jill. Hey, it's good to be here with you. Hey, we're going to start off and uh, want to ask this question. And uh, those of you who are listening um, can take a moment and think about it. But I want to ask the question, what are your favorite fruits to eat? Now, for me, I like a lot of different fruits, uh, strawberries, especially strawberry pie that my wife has made or my daughters have made. And there's a few other, other favorite fruits that would fall in there at different times of the season. But I generally like a, a fairly wide variety of fruits. I don't know that there's too many I don't like. Uh, fresh pineapple would be one of my favorites. And so the question to follow that up with, have you ever picked fruit off of a tree or grapes off of a vine only to spit them out? <laughs> that reminds me of when we were in Turkey and Osan, our guide, was offering us some figs. And he said, now if they wiggle in the middle, you probably shouldn't eat them. Yeah, I looked. I definitely looked. So I want to start with the story. Uh, so at our old house, we had this apple tree. And when we looked at the property, uh, we were really excited because there were two cherry trees in the front yard. They were older. They've been there for a while. Uh, in the backyard, there were two young plum trees, two young pear trees, two young peach trees, and an old apple tree in the backyard. And the six young fruit trees, I really didn't expect to produce anything because they were they were small and they were pretty young, the two cherry trees, those were loaded the first couple of years we were there. Um, oh yeah, full, they were big, full of blooms, yeah. full of cherries. Uh, as it turns out, um, when we had taken a week to go to camp, right as the cherries got ripe, um, turns out birds like cherries, and we got back, they were all gone. Oh, it was heartbreaking. I ate one cherry that summer. It was so sad. And the cherries, uh, they were some of them were a bit small, but they were decent tart cherries. They would have made a good, good cherry pie. And then um, after that, they didn't really produce cold springs. Frost, you know, kind of chases the blooms off. But the weirdest thing is the apple tree never really did anything. It produced small, underdeveloped, poor, nasty-tasting apples. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was the soil. Maybe it was just an old tree that was let go too long. One of the previous owners had planted several black walnut trees. And while the wood is great to build with uh, and the walnuts can be eaten, uh, the trees can make the soil acidic. And so I suppose it was possible that this was cause of the apple tree producing bad fruit. And it was probably slowly killing the apple tree. But for whatever reason, that just wasn't a healthy tree. No, it was always dropping branches, and it was misshapen, and there was just little knobby apples. They were the worst. They just weren't good. Yeah. About the only thing the tree was good for was to take some of the dead branches that had fallen off and use it to um, smoke meat, applewood smoked yeah. uh, meat on the smoker. That was about it. So there's a, there's a scripture that uh, this reminds me of, and it's in Matthew 7, uh, 15 through 20, if you want to read that. Sure. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. 
By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people, people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, I would say this teaching is pretty straightforward. I'm kind of surprised it isn't used a little bit more often. But simply put, you can't get bad fruit from a good tree and you can't get good fruit from a bad tree. It just simply doesn't work that way. Talk to anybody, I think, about false teachers and you'll immediately hear about the Christian or church doctrine or beliefs they align themselves with Meaning, I think that anyone contrary to their belief and understanding is a false teacher, but you very rarely hear mention of a person's actions. It seems the right beliefs or the right doctrine isn't a measurement for false teachers. It's the fruit that's the measuring stick. So when you first meet someone... Not in the dating sense, because we're married. Uh, But uh, what are the things that give you ideas they are someone to be friends with or someone you would rather not get to know any further? Oh, wow. That could be a loaded question. But I think, like, you have some sort of commonality. Like, maybe in dialogue you realize you enjoy something similar or... You know, that kind of draws you to people. You have good conversation or they're a good listener or, you know, but, you know, right away, sometimes you can get that vibe like, yeah, I think we're on really different pages and we're going to, you know, butt heads maybe a little bit if you just don't have a lot of commonality. Now, you like to people watch sometimes, not in a creepy (laughs) way, but... um, but in a curious way to watch people's reactions. Oh, sure. Yeah. So what kind of things can you tell about a person watching their reactions? And I ask this because I am one of the world's most unobservant people. <laughs> well, I could tell some stories about some times that you maybe didn't observe somebody's intentions. Um, but maybe I'll be nice this time. Um, yeah, I... I think that um, one of the things that you see, you you see how some people smile more and some people laugh more. Um, when you get reactions, you can also tell when somebody is like kind of crossing their arms and kind of shutting down or pulling back and being more reserved. Um, there's lots of ways where you know like, yeah, I can approach or I can go farther on a subject or, hey, uh, they're struggling with something. Or like maybe even you go to a store and you walk in and you see somebody working there that you've seen a million times, but today they're not smiling. Like there's something different in their body language or something different that's off. And, um, you know, you can kind of get a feel for people as they as they walk through their life. We found this uh, dog once. It was a Dalmatian, and she was a puppy, uh, starved, um, 
acted half beaten because if you, I remember if we made a sudden move, she would just kind of pull back. And, and so just looking at um, people's reactions, you can tell. You can tell sometimes how they've been treated. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you've ever walked through a store and heard a parent just berating their oh. child up one side and down the other, uh, you get a pretty good idea of not only what the parent is like, but what sometimes life is like maybe around their home. So you can tell a lot by a person's actions, and you can tell a lot by the fruit they produce. So I don't care really how sound the belief or doctrine is because if you have a teacher who produces in their teaching or in their lifestyle anger, division, fits of rage, malice, hatefulness, you have a bad tree. You cannot get bad fruit from a good tree. Yet time and again, our Christian subculture sometimes justifies the bad fruit with all kinds of trite explanations. Now, I'm not talking about someone's occasional misstep or a mistake. I'm talking about fruit, the fruit of a person's life. And Jesus makes the truth go the other direction. If you have a teacher who produces the fruits of the Spirit, found in Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control— you have yourself a good tree. You can't pick pears from thistles, and you're not going to get grapes from thorn bushes. It, it just doesn't work that way. So let's go a step further. Jesus continues a bit on the fruit idea in John 15, 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing if you do not remain in me. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go to go and bear fruit, 
fruit that will last. And so, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So this is maybe going to be kind of a weird question or tie-in, but what happens when a parent or both parents get ready to leave and leave you in charge? Maybe in charge of the house for a couple hours, maybe a couple days. I leave a list. Such as? Uh, Feed the dog, water the dog, let the dog out. Uh, Here's the groceries. Here's certain foods that I've gotten for you. Don't forget to take out the trash. No wild parties. (laughs) And I kind of feel like uh, Jesus does the same thing here. Maybe he is hours away from his arrest and death, and he seems to be winding down his teaching with the disciples in the same way. Kind of this last list of instructions, encouragement, this last, this last teaching. But here's the command. I am the vine, remain in me. If you are in me, I will be in you, and you will bear good fruit, much fruit. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It has to remain attached to the vine. As God loved Jesus, Jesus loves us. And if we keep his commands, we remain in his love. Then he says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Serve each other. Lay down your life for each other. Jesus chose us. As we remain in him, we become his friends, not his servants. And he chose us to bear good fruit. And he says again, love each other. Now, there's a couple of keys in this that if we're, if we're going to bear good fruit, then we have to stay connected into the vine. We have to stay connected to Jesus. Yeah. And this hits us, even from our campus ministry standpoint, where intimacy with Christ is one of the most important things. And it it is out of that that Jesus will bear fruit in us. Absolutely. And sometimes we kind of get, get the cart before the horse. We kind of take this attitude that it's all on me, that I have to bear fruit, that I have to be productive, instead of focusing first on staying connected in Christ. Yeah, there's no way to stay connected if you're not plugged into a source, right? Like, you can't pass it on. I mean, there's no way to pass it on to other people. If you're not connected to a source, you're just going to run out. And there's no way at all that if we stay connected into Christ, that we are going to bear bad fruit because Christ is not bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And so as we wind this session down, that is one of the key things to remember. What kind of a tree do you want to be? What kind of fruit do you want to bear? If you want to bear good fruit in a society that is right now has been really chaotic, and there's a lot of people who have not shown their best fruit, even people that would would call themselves Christians have not shown the best side of themselves. 
And so that's kind of the question where we leave this one is what kind of tree are you? What kind of fruit do you want to bear? Because it all starts with maintaining that connection into Christ. All right, that's it for this edition of the podcast. We will catch you next time.